0: I want that translation of for was right now and I will not stop until I get it. Um. <laughs>
1: Welcome to Talking Simulator, a series of short conversations about video games with interesting people who play them. I'm Jordan Erica Weber, and in this episode, I discuss the archaeological science fiction adventure game Heaven's Vault with my guest Philippa War.
0: I'm Philippa War, and I am currently hmm, interesting actually. <laughs> I was a deputy editor of PC Gamer magazine and before that I was at Rock, Paper, Shotgun, but currently I am taking art classes and poking around in rock pools, so (laughs) transitional I would say. I'm in a sort of reassessment period.
1: (laughs) Heaven's Vault was made by Inkle, a name you may recognise if you've played the award-winning 80 Days. Like that game, Heaven's Vault involves a lot of travel, as you sail the rivers of the nebula to its varied moons to meet their people and explore their ruins. But Pip and I didn't really talk about that. Instead, the conversation you're about to hear focuses almost entirely on her favourite aspect of the game, its translation puzzles. If you haven't played Heaven's Vault yet, don't worry, we don't reveal any solutions beyond those you might discover in the first few minutes. If anyone who's listening hasn't, played the game or hasn't even heard of it how would you describe it
0: so it's a space archaeology narrative adventure but i would say that the the meat of the game is the translation and the feeling of getting to know uh, a language via these little snippets that you find and that it feeds you rather than the overarching story Mm -hmm. So, And that feels like I'm starting with a bit of a (laughs) um, backhanded compliment But I think that the, the translation side for me felt so strong That if that is of interest to people And there is so little out there that caters to that I think that that is its selling point
1: like you say, there is so little out there that's doing this kind of thing. Have you come across games before that have tried to give players that feeling of translating a language?
0: I was thinking about this, and my mind went obviously helpfully blank. But I know that during the talk that John Ingold gave at rest uh, he mentioned uh, Sethian, which is a game that came out in 2016 and which looked like it went even harder on the on the grammar and the the feeling of actually decoding a language and having elements of other languages rather than just being a a kind of cipher substitution oh yeah so I have downloaded that this morning actually to then start off the back of this call because I'd completely (laughs) forgotten about it and and when he gave the talk it wasn't written down so and I'd misheard it so I was just doing all these google searches of like you know grammar game and obviously you just end up on like how to teach five-year-olds grammar using vaguely gamified (laughs) (laughs) stuff Do you know Matthew Brown, who made the Hex Cells and Square Cells puzzle games? I don't think so. So they're logic games, but he also did a thing quite recently, which was focused on the history of cryptography. And so the game space takes the form of this museum and each of the exhibits is an example of a different type of coding and you can interact with it and try and solve it and things like that and that has some elements of this but obviously is far more leaning on the decoding something that was intentionally obfuscated rather than you know this set of things that happens to be unintelligible because we stopped speaking that language or civilization changed Mm. so it's a slightly different mindset but it tickle some of those (laughs) Um, (laughs) pleasure centres if you are into that kind of puzzle solving.
1: It's interesting that someone who makes logic puzzles would try to make something vaguely translation-esque. I <laughs> studied philosophy at university and I remember briefly getting very excited about the idea that we might be able to logically break down what language is mm. and, and kind of how sentences are constructed in a way that really once you get into it, you you can't. Language doesn't really work like that. It's not maths. But for a while, I was very excited at the prospect and I could see game designers being like, oh, we could totally do this and then looking into it for
0: other being like mm, actually no we can't <laughs> I think that that's kind of the temptation or it's certainly a temptation with languages that people don't speak anymore because I remember that latin tended to get treated that way when I was learning it at school like there was a kind of it felt dead I think partly because We're no longer treating it as a space in which to experiment and a space Mm -hmm. in which to sort of play games almost, you know, like how poetry sort of messes around with word order or meter or plays tricks using language. And then you've, you've got Latin, which I think pretty much people have stopped doing that with there's probably a scholar in in um, a basement in Oxford somewhere going hey <laughs> that's my life's work
1: well who obviously will be listening to
0: this podcast, um clearly <laughs> so yeah so maybe just don't tell them about that <laughs> okay. my sick burn <laughs>
1: So Heaven's Vault, obviously, is also about translating a a, a dead language, right? This language that I think in the the lore of the game, some of the words are still used by some people on some of the moons, but overall, no one speaks it, no one really understands it. And yet you come along and you learn gradually how to understand what these fragments of text and symbols mean. Mm. How well do you think the game introduces the mechanic and kind of, eases you into it so that you get to the point where you can understand the meaning of long strings of symbols.
0: I think that it does a decent job of that because it starts you off with I think you always start with this brooch that has the symbol of the empire and and things on that and it starts essentially with a very simple inscription that teaches you a little about how to look out for context clues and so you're kind of like okay well this has a symbol of the empire maybe one of the words is emperor or empress or you know and then and then you can kind of start building out from from there. And I think that it actually does a good job of offering you a not overwhelming handful of suggestions once you've then started to build up your dictionary. You sort of once you have decided where the spaces go, essentially, in a string mm. of text, because that's part of the puzzle is that it's written in this scriptor continua where there weren't any spaces because essentially you weren't being expected to then read it out loud or perform it it was a a way of recording that information had been it, it was a way of locking information rather than making it available for other people to read
1: which is a real thing as well right script to continua like existing languages in the real world have had that difficulty for people in that they didn't have you know we invented spaces between words at some point mm. am I right
0: Yeah, and also the idea that because things like the material itself that you were writing on was precious or was not abundant, you would then need to make use of all the available space. Like, why would you then put all of these essentially reading guides in in a population which was overwhelmingly not able to read so um and there were also other elements like maybe you would just mess with the order of something or you would like write it backwards because that was more aesthetically pleasing because you know it was as long as the information was there and was somehow enshrined it wasn't a big deal as to whether other people could then pick it up and and recite it or pick it up and and know all of the the intricacies of it so mm. that's an interesting part of it and it was interesting to be at the res talk and see that that was apparently the point at which the game started to really come together was that part of oh which of these are even words and the way that that meant that you were making very core <laughs> you were you were sort of influencing where the sentence was even going or the the it was a different way of feeling it out i think and then it started to, to feel more meaty and more mm. <laughs> more like you were actually doing stuff, I think.
1: Gosh, I can only imagine how difficult the development of this game must have been, just coming up with this language and how do we teach it to people? Like, you know, you mentioned context mm-hmm. and how that early in the game, that allows you to guess what some of the words might mean. You know, this word on a well probably means water or something similar. Mm, yeah. What other clues does the game give the player in order to figure out what a word might mean. I know you you're keen not to spoil too much of the joy of discovery, but <laughs> maybe some early early things.
0: Oh, for sure. Um, so sometimes it's things like one of the early locations you go to, there's an inscription above a hearth. And so you can deduce that that's probably got something to do with fire. And then there are also things like maybe there'll be an inscription on a weapon or there'll be an inscription on some kind of navigational tool. And then you'll be able to think, okay, well, of the options or suggestions that i'm being given or that i've uh, that have been built on what i previously figured out then maybe for the weapon the one that mentions death or the one that mentions fighting or you know just there are far more active verbs or it's that kind of feeling that out and then once you have locked in a translation that you're kind of happy with. If the words that you've chosen have occurred in other contexts, it will confirm that that is the translation. And if it's still something where you don't, or where the game doesn't feel you have quite enough information to make a definite statement, it will put a question mark next to that part of it and You'll be able to pull it in for other translations, but it won't confirm it. You'll you'll still know that it's a bit up in the air and, and you'll be able to revisit the previous translation that's still a bit confused and go, oh, OK, well, if it needs to be in this context and this context, maybe it's actually it needs to fit with both of those sentiments and I think I'm probably making it quite hard to <laughs> to latch on to but hopefully the core of the, <laughs>
1: the concept is there. Right, so what happens is you guess words by picking from a selection and you mm. put them in, in the sentence and eventually if you get it right multiple times the game will say okay. And it'll do it through Aaliyah, the main character or her companion will say I think we're mm. right on this one and you know because the game is laying it out clearly that you're correct. And I think that's kind of an example of a an unrealistic allowance that the game has to make in order to make this kind of thing work. Mm. I mean if this was a realistic translation game you wouldn't have the game saying tick that's correct now <laughs> like the real world doesn't do that what, what other kinds of unrealistic allowances does the game make in order to to help make this easier than it would be in real life while also feeling realistic
0: so i think one of the things which it's not in the same vein as that exactly but the fact that you start with such little knowledge makes the beginning feel a bit odd in terms of the character because alia is is supposed to have some kind of proficiency with this stuff already there's a reason that she has been roped in to this particular story to this particular exploration and the fact that she's looking at this very simple two-word brooch going uh i think (laughs) you're a bit kind of Okay, sure. <laughs> so, um, but but what happens is, uh, you can actually. So for me, the sweet spot with the translation is actually towards the end of my first playthrough, and then pretty much all the way through the New Game Plus kind of second playthrough where you can go back to the beginning, but using the dictionary you've already built of confirmed words. So you don't get to take the the suppositions back, but you can go to the beginning and take the stuff that you've definitely translated and also your own learned experience. Because these, I think the thing that I really like about it is that the glyphs actually do feel meaningful like there are indicators within the language that tell you whether something's a verb they tell you whether something is in the past tense and so if you stop and start deconstructing what these words have in common then you can start actually making your own translations which it's this weird mix of satisfying and unsatisfying because the game won't confirm anything that the game logic doesn't accept as definite but I am so sure that my translation of was is correct and I'm just like oh my god why will you not just confirm this why will you not like let me slot this into the translation because at some point I spent so much time actually analyzing the glyphs and things that I started to be able to decode sentences on my own like not not all of them or anything but you know there were some that the game wouldn't even let me put all of the words in place or all of the word breaks Mm. and I'm like I can tell you exactly what that thing says but the game isn't allowing me to say do you know what let me take over
1: yeah that's an interesting balance isn't it because it seems like such a positive thing that this is a game that allows for because all the game does is confirm whether a word you've guessed correctly multiple times is correct or not it won't oh. allow you to say okay i've figured out the rule for verb and i've figured out the rule for noun the game doesn't acknowledge that at all <laughs> so there so there is this stuff that happens outside of the game which i think is like when a game manages to do that it's always a positive thing. Mm. You know, when puzzle games, you know, you're scribbling things down on pieces of paper, stuff that the game system doesn't allow you to, doesn't acknowledge, but you've figured out for yourself. And yet you've ended up in this situation where you know more than the game believes you know, and there's <laughs> nothing you can do about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think, um, so that's why I think that was my sweet spot, was the mm. second half of my first playthrough and then all of my second playthrough, is because that tension didn't feel like a negative at all. It just felt like, oh, cool, like you have made this language feel real enough and you have built the tools into it enough that I can actually go off slightly on my own and figure this stuff out and almost um, learn, well, actually learn how how to use it and how to read it and how to to do that stuff external to the game logic which is essentially you're matching shapes if you if you don't want to engage with the learning side of it you you honestly can just kind of go oh well I think if it's a sword then there's probably something about piercing people with the pointy bit of it and um, these shapes match these shapes you know you drag the word shape into place into the sentence to to mark where you think that definite word break is
1: right because this language ancient in the game is a lot more visually representative than for instance english mm. is right so words about Things, objects might have something in the symbol of the word that looks a lot like the object. More like, I guess, like a language like Japanese, right? The kind of symbols.
0: Yeah, it's not like an alphabet-based thing. It's like, you know, you, you start to get to grips with, oh, okay, that, that looks like a really stylized human, therefore it is probably, you know, about whether it's me or you or they or... So you can start picking at that. And then I think the one uh, for water you encounter quite early on and that's you know two wavy lines it's kind of like those um you know those cards that you use to test people to see whether they've actually got extrasensory perception <laughs> I don't but please tell me more. <laughs> so I think um there's like this set of cards where you've got wavy lines and you've got other very basic symbols that you use to try and see whether someone can pick up on the symbol on the other side of the card and I don't believe anyone has ever actually been successful. Uh, <laughs> but it's yeah so that if you know that symbol it's kind of okay that that is the or it's a relatively well-known symbol for water Mm. and there are others like the one for fire involves kind of similar to water but it's very jagged rather than flowing lines Mm. so those things can also help you you're kind of like oh okay that's almost like a pictogram rather than an alphabet thing so yeah that's another tool that it gives you pretty early on because it's giving you such relatively simple inscriptions to to play around with and I don't know how many words are in
1: the game's dictionary but do you think that you've reached a point where you could write your own fresh sentences with these building blocks that the game has taught you
0: so I think that um John said that there were about three thousand words in there dictionary and when he was giving the talk it flashed up on the screen he'd done some like he translated the first sentences of a tale of two cities and pride and prejudice and stuff and it took a lot of restraint not to actually um take photos of that just you know for my own personal kind of right i knew that was right <laughs> or you know having having almost a crib sheet i was so tempted <laughs> um but yeah so i don't think that I could because I took um I'm I'm on my fourth playthrough now. Um but it's it's just mopping up at this point. Like it's this weird I I'm done with the narrative, but there's something in me that's like I want that translation of for was right now and I will not <laughs> stop until I get it. Um, so yeah I am now it, I am well past the sweet spot and I am now just bloody mindedly mopping up language remnants. <laughs> (laughs) To furnish my dictionary. Like a true academic.
1: (laughs) Knowing what you know about languages. So, 3,000 words in the dictionary rules for how grammar works you know tenses nouns verbs things like that would you say that the developers of heaven's vault have created an actual language
0: that's interesting i think language has to have people using it and playing with it and developing it and so i think that they probably have a hyper localized language within their studio but whether it it continues to be what I would think of as a language or whether it is now just a a way of encoding information to like keep it away from some people like i I guess that's the distinction it's still in that space in my head where it's more like a code breaking thing at this point because the whole point of a game is that you don't want somebody to actually be able to read the thing immediately. You, you want them to have to work for it or only certain people can decode the thing because, and, and in this case, it's not people with a particular, you know, decryption key. It's people who have put the time in or who have engaged with the systems or who have actually analyzed the, the way the systems work together. But at that point, it really is still more like a, a code that you are being tasked with breaking, even though it has a lot of the hallmarks of language. I think if it were to be a language, it would need people to actually both communicate and play in that space. But it's about 10-15 years since I studied linguistics so I feel like I might well just be (laughs) the conversation in that sphere may have moved on. (laughs) (laughs) Right but that's an interesting
1: point that you made at the end there like the game doesn't leave room for things like slang as far as I know or for even like different spellings of words like the Mm. meanings are incredibly concrete and in real language that isn't a thing right language changes people change the meanings of words people use words to mean different things in different contexts and and ancient the language Mm. of the
0: game doesn't really allow for that well I think also uh, to go back to your earlier question about where it is unrealistic but in a way that then feels Right, or that doesn't conflict with how people actually play games is that, for example, it doesn't have spelling mistakes, you know? Like, uh, it has to be perfectly representative of that symbol so that you can drag the shape into place like some someone can't have just got lazy or even like bad handwriting or you know somebody slurring you know <laughs> like yeah. trying to write like drunk text you know it's like <laughs> there's not any of that and obviously there can't be when it's a game because At that point, it tips over into feeling unfair and tips over into just being like, well, then why am I here? Like, if, if the game isn't going to play by its own rules, because rules are such a big part of game and this is still fundamentally logic based. So, yeah, it's kind of, it, it loses those peculiar human touches.
1: I feel like, honestly, we could make this entire conversation about just the translation aspect of the game, but I feel like we should talk about some of the other things, even sure. if briefly. Um, so you mentioned that you're on your fourth playthrough. Um, try and think back to your first playthrough, if you can. Do you remember if you if you cared about the actual story, aside from the translation, just kind of what Aaliyah, the main character, is, is trying to do, the things that guide you towards all of these different fragments of text? Finding the, the roboticist, did you care at
0: all about that? So I was it was one of those things where I was interested in finding out where they were going with the story. Um, And I was curious as to what had happened, but I think it never quite caught fire in that way that some games do, where you're just absolutely, I really need to know how this ends. I really need to know what happens. I need to, and I think that's because it didn't really marry up, with the with the stuff that i was really enjoying doing so i remember i definitely felt like all of the the parts of traveling around or the exposition uh, it was so much dominated by will i find more text will i be able to collect more pieces that i can then puzzle over and enjoy that sensation of oh am i figuring this out or is it going in a weird direction have i messed up like i'll go back through my my library of unsolved translations like so i think i became so focused on where the next (laughs) where the next piece of text was coming from (laughs) Mm -hmm. that um that the the story fell not exactly entirely to the wayside but i would lose the thread of it or i would find that oh okay that's happening but I am still far more interested it was it wasn't proportional, like they didn't balance, really. I don't think, and also the game I think gets in its own way there a bit because things like I wanted to at some points revisit places or I wanted to make a different decision about an object, for example i in one playthrough i didn't pick up a like a tool basically and then I realized that I needed it to unlock a chest and then I was like oh okay well it's only across the room I I should be able to go over and pick it up but that opportunity was now not you know because I hadn't taken that choice it forced me to live with that for the rest of the game and in some in some of those moments of decision that works like at one point i tried to cross a bridge through hubris and trying to defy my robot and it collapsed under me and Uh then my character then refused to make any more ambitious leaps (laughs) for fear of things collapsing and i was a bit like yeah, that's fair. <laughs> sure. <Yeah. laughs>
1: I think that happened to me as well. Like she fell down somewhere and then every time I tried to make her do something a little bit adventurous, she'd be like, oh, I'm thinking about that time I fell down somewhere and I'm not so sure I want to do this.
0: Yeah, so uh, and that was kind of, it was really annoying, but it made a kind of sense. Whereas mm. I'm not going to be able to go across the room to pick up the the poker it's like, really? <laughs> like, why? Come mm. on. Or, um, I accidentally clicked on a thing that meant that I went back to my, the ship that you gad around the nebula on instead of picking up a thing that was quite near the exit point. And then I kept trying to go back to that location and mostly it wouldn't even let me go back. And then when I was allowed to go back because I hadn't picked it up that first time, I couldn't pick it up ever. <laughs> so yeah, so I think I think things like that made it harder to engage with the story just because you're like okay, well it's sort of happening without me in some ways mm. and I I think as well in that first playthrough. I think, and I don't know how they could do this differently, but I don't think it really highlights that there are lots of different decisions you could take. It was only when I was actually in the second playthrough that I made what I thought were relatively minor Changes to how I was playing and suddenly like an entirely different branch of the story opened up and it was nice to have that surprise but I also don't think that if you weren't enjoying the language side of things I don't think you would have had the impetus to try different things or to pursue different objectives or... do you see what I mean it's like yeah, yeah definitely
1: it's it's good to know though that there's something to motivate people who do want to play through for a second time because I know I'm sitting here thinking I really love the language translation aspect I'd love to play it through again to fill out my dictionary like mm. you're talking about but the idea of playing through exactly the same story again is kind of putting me off so knowing it can go in a different direction mm. is good and yeah I, I wish like you say it had been highlighted earlier I think I've just hit one of those moments okay where I I, I was on a moon there was a book um then the air (laughs) ran out and i got warped back to my ship by my robot and then he was like all the air is gone we can't go there
0: again (laughs) i was like oh (laughs) okay (laughs) never mind then i know right and i I think i because i i had a similar thought in one of the playthroughs and i was like well you could
1: you're not Mm -hmm. breathing air like go on off you go (laughs) yeah he's willing to warp down to like tiny little ruins floating in space (laughs) to pick up you know random things but he won't go back to this
0: moon Something that I did want to say was that it... it seems to maybe understand that you would want to come back after a time away by having a system that when you boot the game up again it actually gives you a recap of what you've been doing and it is like a personalized recap I'm not quite sure how they do it I'm assuming there are just you know particular story markers it looks out for and then chains them together into a, a kind of reminder text that you get mm. at the start but I thought that was... That's a thing that means that if I do drift away for, you know, even a month or something, I actually can go back rather than being like, I don't know where I am or who anyone is or why I'm here.
1: (laughs) It also has the thing where on the map, when you click on a moon, it'll give you reasons why you might want to go back there. Like, oh, I should go back here to give this thing to this person. And that's a really helpful reminder as well.
0: Yeah. Or like visit someone or catch up with someone or maybe they're Mm. finished decoding this thing kind of. Yeah. and there's one thing that I genuinely still don't quite understand is the the trader guy have you been to him on Elbereth oh yeah the guy who always like flirts with her so he's kind of flirty and a bit sleazy but also i genuinely don't understand his business model like (laughs) you give him a thing and he'll swap it for something of similar value and then Mm -hmm. that might have a new translation on it and you're kind of like okay but like how do you make money if this is just like how did you what? And I don't think
1: you even have to do the trade to get the translation. No. Like, he'll show you the thing, you'll get the text, and then he'll be like, okay, so do you want it? And you'll be like, nope. <laughs> I'm going to keep my original thing.
0: I know, right? And I think that obviously some of the objects come in useful at various points, but it's like, I genuinely just don't understand what he's doing. <laughs> like, it's nice. But... Like, "Oh, I'll trade this book for a burned book. And you're like, <laughs> but essentially like maybe he's just watched me do a brass rubbing of the thing that he handed over so i've got the text it's like okay i don't think you understand your value proposition right now So yeah, yeah, he's not talking to me anymore though. Yeah. Oh, you okay. can you can annoy him so badly he stops trading with you Did you point. friend zone him? I uh, I believe I was a little unhelpful with a uh, something he'd asked of me and uh, he was like, Oh well if it's gonna be like that I don't wanna trade with you anymore <laughs> So oh, oh. Wow. And then we stood in awkward silence. Never mind. Maybe in the next playthrough. <laughs> yeah, <I> no, <know>, right? <laughs>
1: okay final question then for people who've listened to this whole conversation and still aren't sure whether or not heaven's Vault is a game for them what exact kind of player is this game meant for do you think
0: who i think I would say if you are the sort of person who enjoys the puzzle pages of the newspaper, I I feel like that is where the game is most comfy, especially if you enjoy the the more sort of word gamey side of of those, or you know if you as a kid you liked those, I was born like code breaking or not code breaking, but like the the puzzle books like puzzle Island or whatever oh, who didn't love those <laughs> so I think it it feels to me like it's in a very similar space to to those, but yeah, I think given that the the story works, but the the translation side is where it is at its absolute best and it does that stuff so beautifully so i think that's the balance that you maybe need to be aware of going in is like if if that side of it just doesn't interest you then i think it won't work for you because i don't think that the story quite is of its equal so mm-hmm. I, I don't think that it it's the sort of game that works if you are far more interested in the story but maybe that's not i'd be interested to know if somebody has played it for the story rather than the the translation or has found the translation is the thing that they're like no no i want more story like Mm -hmm. move this text out of the way i'll just like yeah i'll fiddle with things until it goes away i really want to know what happened to um to the uh to the roboticist yeah (laughs) janique renba isn't it (laughs) if there's anyone out there who felt that
1: way i'm yeah. sure we'll get tweets <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> oh my goodness.
1: now that we've released three episodes of talking simulator i'd love to hear what you think of how the podcast is shaping up you can tweet us your thoughts at talking sim pod and if you like the show make sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so that you'll always know when there's a new episode you can also follow me personally at Jerica Weber with two b's if you like pictures of nature, you should follow Pip at Philippa War two Ps, two R's. Our music is by Jazz Mickle. You can find her at Jazz Mickle, two Z's. Talking Simulator is edited by Leamington's loveliest audio person, Dan Parks. If you need to make something sound good, you can find him at Dan C Parks, with an E. I'm Jordan Erica Webber. Talk again soon.
0: That's now in my library, awaiting playment. Playment, mm. awaiting playtime. Kind of. I've I've apparently got less good at language in the time since we started this conversation. It's just a it's a
1: side effect of becoming bilingual from playing this game. You know, you speak English and ancient now, so sometimes you'll get a bit confused.
0: <laughs> yes, who's scrabbling for my words?